episode 93. No, it's right? not. It's 102 or 103? Yeah, it, it said that on the invite. Why did I say 93 yeah. on the invite? Yeah, I was like, huh? I thought we got to hit 100, but it was that's right like now. some real That's some real off-the-cut amateur stuff right there. 93 I, must oh have been my your God. favorite episode. Do I you apologize. Think, do you think they'll ever hit 93? No. No, no. it'll be canceled. I can't no, believe they hit sure. three. <laughs> It'll be canceled. That it's was... not going to be. It's not going to be renewed for the fall season because the writers strike. You can only. Yeah. You can only eat so many wedge salads. Yeah. Yeah. They've so, been down. Every, they've been down every grocery hall. We uh. <laughs> since I want to, I want to get away from people that we absolutely can't stand being off the cut podcast and and say that we do appreciate some people, and we do have a new patron, which I actually think that I missed him on a previous episode because I don't feel like I've mentioned this name and it's the only one we've, the only new uh, patron we've gotten this month. And that is Jacob at you should see what I saw. Oh my God. That's what it has on there. I don't know what that means. Now I feel like I need to look at it later, but thank you, Jacob tight bond. Yes. Thank you, Jacob. Welcome Jacob. Third tier. Um, you should that's you should see what Jason saw. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the first time you've mentioned him. Yeah, I I feel like because it's September 5th, and I'm like, oh wait, that makes sense because today's the third. Yeah. So he signed up after our last episode. Duh. I was thinking it was like September 25th or something already. Um, but anyways, so guys, we have totally forgot the last two episodes to do a giveaway for the month of August. And I do have the giveaway for the month of September now solidified. Oh, my dogs. I don't know if you guys can hear them. Nope. But let's, they're literally like right outside the glass right now, barking. Crazy dogs. The microphones. There's literally nobody there. My, my deaf dog just decides to bark at some point. And then the other one Bella. is like, oh, I better start barking. Bella. Can she hear me? No, she can't hear me. You got your bark. I heard, I heard yeah. like Peppa. I heard that- Peppa. I heard that bogs, dogs like to bark at water intrusion. Oh, oh my too God. Too soon, Ronnie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too Ronnie. Soon. <laughs> too soon. Wow. That was wow. fantastic. You, you need a new front door. Yeah. <laughs> Water's Golly. coming in the front door. All right. So, God, that was, man, that was good. Um, let's first talk about what the actual giveaway is for the month of September. So I've talked about in the last two episodes. Last episode, I said I've been working to get OmniWall to support, and they are they are going to give two hundred and fifty dollar two one hundred and fifty dollar gift cards. Wow! Uh, to two lucky winners, and so they actually initially said, "Why don't we do the like the basic tool setup or whatever?" And it, it's like one hundred and fifty bucks, I guess. And then I was like, "Well, gift cards work better because then people can pick what they want." He's like, "All right, we'll just do two for one hundred and fifty. So that's cool. September, somebody's going to win. If you want your chance, you got to be a patron and you'll get X amount of entries based on whatever tier you are. If you want to enter or you want a, your chance to win any of our giveaways, go to patreon.com forward slash green suitors podcast. But without further ado, thank you, OmniWall. Yeah, that's awesome. We are going to go ahead and spin for our winner of the $200 gift card, two of them from US Tool and Fastener. Woo. Two $200 gift cards from US Tool and Fastener. And we apologize. We just completely spaced it the last couple episodes. But that's about to change right now because I just hit the button. And somebody is going to be our first winner. And that winner is 
Oh. Scott Shirk from Red Leg Custom Ooh. Woodworks. We know Scott. Scott, congratulations. Congrats. Congrats. Picture of that. We'll remove him from all nice. other times. And now I'm spinning again for our second winner. There we go. Break the deal. Just so you know, it was, it was almost Dirk from Dayton. No way. Douglas Deal. Mr. Douglas Deal. You are Douglas other... Deal. You are in, Douglas. He's in the You club. are the other winner. Great job. All right, cool. All right, so we've gotten that out of the way. Um, again, if anybody wants their opportunity to win our giveaways, which are only for patrons, go to patreon.com forward slash green suitors podcast and give money to us and not the hacks that run the podcast called Off the Cut, available on Spotify and all other streaming platforms. Oh, my God. All right, hey, so... I got to say it again. If anybody's watching this video, that is an amazing built-in. I'm looking at the finish behind you, Jason. You. Yeah. And your uh, flag frame and the reflection on the countertop is bad to the bone, dude. Yeah, it does look good. That came out so damn clean. It's ridiculous. I like the color. So yeah. The color is let, let's talk about that. We can do the so obviously yeah. I have the slats left to do. I can't but, wait to see that. Um that's so cool. We'll get into what we've been up to. And I'm gonna mention it, guys. I know you know what I'm about to say. Um only because I, I talked about it on my social media, and I don't mean to bring the podcast down and be uh, a downer at all. Uh, but on Monday, my father passed away. And so uh, we're now recording on Wednesday because I found out a couple hours before we were supposed to record. Um, so I did want to put that out there. I'm doing fine. I just wanted to to say that because I wanted to say thank you to everybody that uh, has sent me a message because there has been a lot uh, of people um, and I've tried to respond to all of them, but um, I appreciate it. So, and we'll leave it at that, right? We'll just move on because I don't want this to be, uh, you know, a sad thing, but to get my mind off of it, I've been really working hard on trying to get this built-in finished up and everything is done now with the exception of the slats, uh, which is going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to cut down all the strips for that and go and plunge away with a whole bunch, about 75, I think it is 75, uh, Lamello Tenso connectors wow. to, did to you connect uh, all those? Did you check uh, the window next to it for water incursion? That's what the, those are water le weep holes on the back. Those of are weep that. holes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. those are the weep holes. Okay, good. That's a water hey, feature. <laughs> too soon. Here, here's here's the way I look at it. I just replaced everything that's in there. So the way I the way I see it is I have at least twenty years before it's ever going to be an issue go. again. There you right. Go. So I don't care. Like let let the next person deal with it. But I agree. I do not have any water intrusion that I know of. Uh, at this moment, but I got to be honest with you. When I was like taping everything off to paint it again for the second time, Ow. I was absolutely terrified that something was going to happen again. And because I had to rip it apart, I mean, for the most part, like all the cabinets went back in, no problem. The toe kick went back in, no problem. Like everything went back together really well, but putting the two tops together, oh. And just the way that I had to sand it and the Bondo and, 
it, it didn't come out as, as clean as, as it did the first time. Cause the first yeah. time it was absolutely perfect. perfect. But when I had, when I took them apart, it just screwed everything up. So for, but for the most part, it looks pretty good, but you know, no one's going to notice that. I mean, you can't see it behind me now. Throw some papers um, on top of it. Be fine. Yeah. My uh, playboy magazines. Yep. Throw those on there. Do they still make those? Oh, I'm sure they do. Really? So I've heard. We could ask oh, uh, off the cut. I'm sure they still watch them or look at yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> do you know I was a cent- uh, I was a centerfold once in uh, Playgirl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Make Last right. I heard, his daughter took over the company. Yeah, uh, Christy Hefner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google her later. But... I used to I used to hang out with her at the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the turn camera. There we go. The glass doors. Yeah, those look nice. They turned out. They turned out really, really good. Yeah. Um, Nicole put some binder in there that's like blue, so like you can see through it. But I did the the acid etched. Um, I'm very happy with how it turned out. But what I'm more impressed about, and I'm going to talk about it again because I've talked about it a million times in my stories. I am. I just cannot believe how effective that Graco Ultimate Quick Shot is. Mm-hmm. I am so impressed by how well that lays down paint and how easy it is to use. That is a that is a purchase that I will never regret. Is, and I'm actually kind of excited to try like some clear coats out of it because I know people that do, they just put in a smaller tip. They, you know, change the the pressure and they're, they're spraying, you know, different clear coats through the gun. It's not just for paint. It is a phenomenal system and it's so easy to clean. Is that something so that has to, to be ordered or does, is there local places that sell it? So from my understanding, Graco only reserved that for Sherwin Williams. But I had a really hard time right when it first came out. I wanted to do a video, but I obviously want to, you know, if I'm going to do a video and people are going to buy it, obviously I want to try to associate an affiliate link with it because why not? Right. Well, when it first came out before I went to Germany, I couldn't find it anywhere online. Like it just, it was nowhere. It was definitely wasn't on Amazon. Well, now it is on Amazon, but I I haven't looked to see who the vendor is, but there's only one store that sells it. So I don't know if they're tied to Sherwin-Williams somehow. Um, I reached out to Graco even. I was like, hey, I'm going to do a video on this. Like, you know, do you guys have an affiliate program? Oh, we don't do that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, right. Sure you don't. Yeah. Uh, But thank you for being a customer, they said. Do you want to use my uh, Graco affiliate link? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. It's Sedgeco. 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 Um, it's, it's a fantastic little system. It really is. I sprayed the entire built-in two coats of primer, two coats of uh, paint. The paint that I used was Sherwin Williams, emerald urethane trim enamel for the actual cabinets. I used the, uh, all purpose, uh, latex primer tinted, uh, gray, because this is a dark color. Um, iron ore is the color that I used on the cabinets. And then I did two coats of primer and two coats of paint on all of the doors, the drawer fronts. Uh, and yeah, so all in all, I only used just over one gallon of each of them. Like I just needed just a little bit more. 
for everything. And I did not once have any sputters or any um, anything except one time where I forgot to turn the tip backwards to the clean out mode. So anytime I, I shoot with an airless gun, what I'll do is I'll turn the, the tip because for those that don't know, you have the spray side and you have the, the clean out uh, a clog side. It's basically just a, just a hole that'll shoot out a stream of paint. And if you get a clog, that's how you clear it. You flip the tip around, you point the trigger in the waste pail or whatever, and you pull it. So when I'm shooting with that, if I know I'm going to be putting another coat on three, four hours later, I'll turn the tip around so the spray side doesn't dry out. This one time I forgot to do that. And I went to go, usually I'll, I'll always go to the trash can first and just clear out the, the, the tip and everything. I didn't do it on this one. And I went and sprayed and I got a little sputter on one spot. It was the backside of, of some drawer front. It didn't matter. And I was like, well, that's the one time. And that was my own fault. So I don't know what they have inside of this electronic gun, what it does, it, but it performed for me flawlessly. It is the best paint finish that I've ever got from anything. That's good ever. to hear. I'm really interested in that one, especially when we do quick like painting doors and the rentals and doing things. Yeah. We want to try to always turn around really quickly. Um, you know, something I always do is I just keep a board or something next to it. And when I let it sit, I'll just spray mm -hmm. that first. Yep. Just to make sure, because that's where your surprises are. Like you said, when you sit it yes. down for a while, you're like, whoopsie. Yeah, yep, that's what I do. That's exactly what I do. I have a scrap, a sample, a strike. I just turning around it. the tip is a good idea. I never thought of that. Well, so another thing that I'll do is I'll take saran wrap. So I'll flip the tip around and then I'll take saran wrap and I'll cover the, the end of the gun just because it'll keep it like, you know, from drying yeah. out on, on the inside. So um, I had a board downstairs that I would always test because... You know, sometimes it's got a dial on the back that adjusts the the speed or the pressure or whatever. I shot everything on about a five and a half, and the tip that I I, I sprayed the primer with a two ten, which is way below uh, what they recommend for latex paint. At least the at least Sherwin Williams did for an airless. They recommended like seventeen for the orifice size. Um, I didn't have one. Orifice? I said orifice. You said orifice. And then I love the way you say or you say orifice, like you pronounce it correctly. Orifice. Or it's a because I I like orifices. Yeah, me too. Anyway, I like I like orcas. I Do switched you? to a uh, killer whales. Or, orcas. <laughs> There's nothing, but orcas have big orifices too. They do. Yes, I did. Uh, Bouts. I did. I did switch to a three twelve when I laid down the paint. And the only reason I did that is because I wanted a wider, wider fan pattern. Did you have to cut the paint any, or did you just not do it at straight? all? Does straight, it come with no. the tips, or do you have to buy them separately? It comes with a tip, and I want to say the one that it comes with is like a five twelve, maybe a five seventeen, um, which is, I mean, that that's a ten inch spray pattern. Right. So, um, I get the fine finish, low pressure, the FFLP tips, which are the green tips. Um, and when I bought mine, they gave me a, a co or a, a like coupon thing to redeem three tips. Mm. So I got a two ten, and then I want to say I got a three twelve in the FFLP, and I got a three twelve in the like yellow, the new one, like general purpose, all purpose. I I don't I don't really know what 
what this stuff is. But it's great. I'm going to do a YouTube video on it because I actually still have two adjustable shelves in here that I have not painted yet on purpose. And that will be what I show in the video. And I'll put two coats of primer down, um, two coats of paint, and just show everybody the 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 val like the value of that that system. I do wonder, I wonder if I use like Floetrol like just a little bit or thinned it just ever so slightly, if it would do even better self-leveling. I don't well, it looks that... like I mean the finish looks good. Like Sedge says the reflection looks good. It's it looks beautiful. Good. Don't yeah. don't screw up anything with Floetrol. Floetrol is not even for paint guns. It's for it's a brush uh uh prepper. That's what it was designed for for brushes, not uh, so, but so it, but but everybody at Home Depot says, "Oh, use Floetrol to cut your paint." Yeah, and that's yeah. not what it was designed for. Yeah, hmm. it's to make your paint flow better with your paintbrushes. I like it when my paint flows better. Yes, it. Uh, I like it when anything of mine flows better, <laughs> especially when you have a big tip. Yeah, big tip with a large orifice. <laughs> but, anyways. That's what I've been up to, guys, and it feels great. Nicole stayed home today for the rest of the week, actually. Nicole, I guess you get, like, bereavement leave from, from work. So mm. she decided to stay home with me, and this morning we took the kids to school and went and got breakfast at a place we wanted to try and then came home, and we worked, and she helped me with all of this, and we were done with the built-in by 1230. Nice. And we got the, our desks back in here. We got everything set back up. Tomorrow is the last step. Friday, the, the slats will get installed. I'll prep everything tomorrow. Friday, they'll get installed. We'll be good to go. Awesome. Then it's time to build some desktops. What have you guys been up to? Whoever wants to go next, Ronnie. Go so, ahead, Ronnie. I've been working on a, a huge project. It's um, a 12 power screen job that I've known was coming for a long time because the house was getting built. Kind of dreading it in the back of my mind because I knew it was going to be difficult um, for a lot of reasons. And it, it became more difficult once I arrived on site. The last time I was there, I measured between the columns and the builder had the trim guy finish out the tops and bottoms of the column. I was like, no big deal. I'll cut it out with the multi-tool. That's just one extra thing to do. Apparently when he wrapped the columns, they didn't really think it was important for the columns to be flush with the beam above. So there's on the backside, there's 12 columns. Every one of them was a different reveal to the beam above it which that doesn't matter when you have crown going across it. No one can really see it. But when you're installing something that's coming from that beam straight down, it has to be straight in line. So I had to get out my new uh, trusty um, cordless table saw set up in the miter saw and had to cut white PVC sheets down anywhere from one eighth, one quarter, three quarters inches, five eighths. All the strips had to be cut so it's perfectly flush. And that took almost an entire day. Oh. I have more Ugh. in the prep work than I do the actual job, which, which sucks because that's something that I would have liked to pay for um, charge for. And the other thing is he forgot about me and did not run a feed, a power feed either, either place. And I still don't know what we're going to do about that because this house is made out of real stone laid oh. and laid stone with doubles, triple stairs, like coming off the porch it, normally where you could pull a wire from. And, you know, something else I noticed to be such a big, massive house, the lack of outlets on the porch, you know, this is a 70 foot, 70 foot porch across the backside. There's two outlets, two. What? 
and on the front, it's like their master bedroom. Um, you know how everybody has a master bedroom power screen um, closet off their, off their, you have a walk, like, you know, porch off your master bedroom yep. closet. Everybody has that. So they have power screens. Wow. Like that. And they just have one outlet in the corner that you couldn't even get to. And that's something that is so overlooked on a lot of custom homes. You can't, can't come back and do that. There's, it's not easy. So there, this house where I've sent him a message and I'm waiting to hear back what the plan is on that. But luckily I can keep doing everything except for the final tie-in. Um, wow. So tomorrow's day four on that. Normally that would be a two day thing for me. Normally I've made this into a four day and I want to share my new idea that I'm doing right now that I've really, really enjoyed. And I think I'm going to stick with it instead of doing dressing what I up in merit, women's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, high feels, he it feels so right. No <laughs> high heels and screen installs. I'm waiting. No. My new plan is instead of what I call marathon days where I just knock it out and pretend like I have to get it done. Like for example, in two days, I've been going, I get there after I go to the shop, I get there around nine o'clock, the job site, and I have a hard stop at three o'clock. I just stop. I'm done. And I still have some more energy left in me. It allows me to go by the house with my work van, which is everything that I need to get things that Kelly always has a list a mile long. And each day this week, I've went, I've stopped by the house for like an hour and a half, and I'm just taking thing, care of things that need to be done while I still have my van. Because I found if I work, you know, a full day, the last thing I want to do is stop by the house at five thirty, six o'clock and do any type of work at all. I still feel like in my mind, it's still the work day. And I, it's amazing what you can do knocking out just an hour, hour and a half of time. And then you still get back to the shop, switch over to your Mr. Rogers, change out to your normal person car, put the work van up, come back home. And I have really thoroughly enjoyed it this week. And I think I'm going to keep doing that. Good. It's like the missing element because I don't feel like it on the weekends and I don't feel like it during the week. <laughs> so it's like, when do I ever do it? And this is a way to do that. And also I don't feel worn out on the job site. Also, right. you know, it adds like maybe a day, you know, an extra day, maybe a day and a half, but it's worth it. So that's, I think I'm going to stick with that. Keep sounds like, that. sounds like you're more productive that way. I, I feel more productive because I don't feel like I'm getting behind in everything else. Right. Um, you know, like, like even today, today's, I didn't come to our house. I went straight to my shop, had enough time to you to mow the place with the tractor and the belly mower that I usually never get to. I mowed mm -hmm. that down, um, did my burn pile and shop back the entire work, um, the workshop floor, which, you know, that kind of stuff, it's hard to find time to do that sometimes. Then I came back for the podcast and it's like that little, if I can get myself an extra hour and a half a day every week. That's yeah. huge. Oh, That's yeah. a place for me to grab all the things that I'm not getting done. So I think I'm going to continue with this. Mm. What is that? That's it's uh do an hour and a half. That's three, six, 7.5 hours. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a, a work week. day. That's a, a work week. day. I'm a getting work a day for work. most people. I'm getting a full work day and the customers are happy. They're seeing that I'm putting, putting in a full day. And I just like knowing that that three o'clock is my hard stop. I know what I want to get done and I'm done and I don't feel exhausted. Um, so I think, I think I'm going to continue with that, but um, tomorrow you I can be, do whatever you want. It's your yeah, business. Well, it's funny when it is your own business, you're, you're your worst employee. You know, you just, I just don't know why I'm so like, feel like I need to get a marathon job done. You know, what would be um, even better is if you implemented a policy 
where anytime you had to work past three o'clock, they got charged three times the price per hour. I like it. I like it. I do need to do that. It's a great it's, idea. It's a great idea. So, and I like breaking it up too. It's, it's nice. There's no reason to be in a huge, when you're in a hurry, it's not fun. You know, you, you think, you know, you know what I think is the biggest benefit to that is let, let's say you worked until six, right? You're exhausted. You're tired. You just want to go home. You want to be done. What are you going to do? You're not going to spend any time putting your stuff back away properly. Right. You're not going to do any of that stuff. So right. purposely cutting yourself off and giving you that time, then you will stay more organized and do things. Mm -hmm. You're exactly you know? right. Exactly right. I don't even, it's not even as bad picking up my things because I know I'm like, oh, it's on three. I'm going to start picking up. And I just leave, you leave such a better place. And also we've talked about before, after three is when you make your mistakes. So it's yep. like that, those are very costly mistakes. If oh, I, for if me, I cut a for me, it's after 9am is when I start making really? mistakes. <laughs> if I cut a rail wrong, it has to come from Texas. It's a big deal. You know, so I have to make sure you only get one shot. You cannot, once you cut it wrong, it's done. You only get two for every screen. So I, I, that's what I'm going to start with in the morning fresh and do that part and, but I'm just, I'm liking this new concept. I think I'm going to stick with it because I have so many categories of work that need to be done. Like you said, even like not letting the van get destroyed, things you have to do at the shop, all these things, I'll start breaking it up some more. That's my discovery this week. Cool. Nice. Brian. My turn. You said your turn. Well, I started in the shop this weekend. Uh, that's very insightful what you just said, Ronnie, because I had a really weird week this week. It's, I know it's Wednesday, but I had some stuff happen to me, and I discovered a few things. Well, I started this weekend uh, working on something that I've been promising one of my really good buddies back in Massachusetts. Uh, he uh, he built himself a desk, and I told him I'd build. He's um, He plays guitar, and he wants to start uh, a little recording studio in his basement, so I've been working on some really cool cubbies for him for his studio equipment. They're the same size boxes, Ronnie, you know, this, uh, 19 inches in depth, you know, where you have the brackets from nav uh, mm -hmm. for your servers, the, the same thing for all your studio equipment, but I wanted to make it out of Walnut and they got a 12 inch depth to them. So I edge banded them in Walnut. I did some guy had some leftover, really beautiful Walnut, uh, plywood, and those my, those beveled boxes have to be perfect, don't they? Mm -hmm. So there's a variety of ways of doing this, but the 12-inch depth, it's a little over 12-inch, so I didn't want to come under the Capex. So I developed a really cool system for repeatability on the MFT, and I, I, I brought my uh, TSV60 home just to mess with. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just so freaked out on the quality of cut, and the bevels came together perfect. Uh, and I made a really cool mistake on him, and I saved the piece I made a mistake on because I didn't make a mistake on my domino setup. It was the plywood. You know how plywood can be uneven in spots? Mm -hmm. No, it can't. Oh, ever. my God. It's I was all so perfect. I was pissed. So I went to a 4 by 20 domino on the rest of them instead of a yeah, 5 by 30 They wouldn't sell it if it wasn't perfect, Sedge. Yeah. I I There's know. no variation. It's exactly the same everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so ticked off. I was like, oh, this worked out great. And then all of a sudden I flipped it over and I had a blowout on the back end of one of the dominoes. And then I measured it with my caliper. 
And instead of 18 millimeter, it was 17.25 in that spot. I was pissed. Oh. So, so I, I, you know what? I walked away, came back a half hour later and said, well, I could fill it. And I said, nope, I'll know. And then I just recut it and went over to a four by 20 domino. So um, I'm going to shoot a video next weekend on it. He actually contacted me this weekend. He was playing golf and he was sending me pictures. And I sent him a picture of this and he went, oh, my God, is that nice? He, you know, it's, it's nothing mm -hmm. for, you know, a woodworker. But to someone like that, it's like parting the Red Sea. So I'm really excited about doing the video so he can, you know, show all his golfing buddies. Hey, look, there's a video said just making my boxes, man. So <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, it I could have knocked all of them out. But I said, you know what? It's that's kind of nice to do a video and have it on Sedge Tool, and I'm going to teach some really cool things with it. So I'm excited about that coming up this weekend. Uh, I over the weekend, Jason, you saw me getting the sniffles, and I started to get that little cough. Well, Monday yep. night, um, I started to lose my voice, believe it or not, and I started to get sick. And ah, uh, God, I got too much stuff happening in the next two or three weeks. And you know, you know when someone says I hate getting sick, have you ever? Did you ever really know anybody that likes to get sick? Mm. You know, but you know what I learned is I know what was happening. So what I did is I called my doctor Tuesday morning, and he called in a prescription. And by so, and the thing I did is I said, you know what, I'm staying home from work. I called the people I was working with that day, and I said I'm not going to be in the office. And then I said I'm going to take today off Wednesday. And I had somebody cover for a training for me. And I thought about this tonight before we were jumping on the podcast. I feel not 100%. I'm about 90% better. And I said, you know what? In the old days, I would have never called my doctor for a prescription. I would have still have gone into work and worked through it. And I still would have been sick. So what I've learned over the you know, you know past 15, 20 years is if you get sick, don't go into work. Let your immune system catch up. And here's the best part about this. I was telling you guys, or Ronnie, I was telling you right before we jumped on to the podcast. I get more work done at home. I work from home. And I cleared my brain for the whole fall about all my, the times, see, when I'm in the office, I don't have a lot of time to work on the the administrative stuff I need to do, like organizing my schedule and stuff like that. Today and yesterday I did. And man, what I, I was getting overwhelmed and I'm not anymore. I had time to really contemplate. Marianne worked all day. So instead of just laying around, I got all my work done for the, for like weeks. So I'm excited. So that's, that's what awesome. I've been up to. And it's the first time I really, you know, I've been sick and I was very productive doing it. So it's, it's sometimes it's taken. And I was just thinking of what you were saying about, you know, doing the hard stop at three and changing your process a little But Sometimes it's good to do that, to say, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I was doing, maybe if I change a few things, I can be more productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's, it took me getting sick to think, wow, maybe I should work a few mornings at home now to get, be more productive. So I have that, uh, how do you say more quiet time to do my, what I call my brain dumps and get everything down on paper or file into my computer. That way there, I, 
So when I'm at work, I can be more productive there. Right. So, so just a just a couple takeaways from me. And man, I'm really excited about getting that. What I had told my buddy Goo to I'd have done in the spring, I'll have it done probably in the next week or two and get it shipped out to him. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then guess what I'm going to be doing, Jason? What? Mary Ann's window seat. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one I've been promising her for 15 years. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me check Google. Cause hell must've frozen over. It did. Where are the news headlines? Kelly's wanted a window <laughs> seat in our master bedroom since we moved here. <laughs> She's on coming up on what? 19 years. Yeah. I mean, Sedge, like I'm, su- I, I gotta be honest. I'm actually surprised that you've put the, the thing off for so long. You know why? That's great. You're going to get so much content out of that. And guess what it's related to? Cabinet building, uh, cabinet building or a built-in or something like it's, I, that's going to be awesome. Like walk people through yeah. that process. Well, th- I have it all down. I have the outline all down. It's just, Ooh, maybe, maybe this will segue. I've overbuilt it a few times in my head. Bingo. And all right. There's a, there's a catch to this. Because I've been waffling back and forth because I'm waiting for Marianne to change her mind again. Well, just don't give her the opportunity. Just build it. Oh, my God. Okay. No, but I'm, so glad, this, I'm glad you said will, that. This will segue perfect because yes. I'm going to make another note on something about overbuilding. Yeah, so yes. the topic Go the ahead. topic for tonight, I was just about to ask you guys if you remembered what topic I, I wrote you guys on Sunday or Monday or whatever it was, but oh, yeah. this is another one that came from our patrons. Um, it's on Discord now. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but we actually have a show topic uh, thread that is, I think it's only open right now to top tier patrons because that's actually part of the their their thing is that they get to actually pick a topic. Um, but they've been giving us such good topics lately that we've been, we really like the idea now of kind of just steering, let, letting the patrons steer the conversation. They're the ones listening to it. Right. So, um, if you guys are interested in that, you know, get on discord and, and, and put those, those things in that thread. Um, but this one came before we, we put it on there and this was why do woodworkers always feel the need to overbuild everything? Or basically why do we overbuild everything as a woodworker? And I was like, that that's a that's a great topic. And I think we even hit on it a couple episodes ago. Um we we were I can't remember what we were talking discussing. And and I said, yeah, you know, like we're overbuilding it or unless you're break dancing on the tabletop or something like that. Um Yeah, we were but talking I feel about like, the we we're talking about the dorm furniture that I put together that I was like, I would be laughed out if I posted oh, right. that type of right. quality. And it works for her and she's excited about it. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> they they don't they don't know the difference well true they, they just see they just see the finished product they don't know what the quality is behind it mm-hmm. it it's weird because you got to educate the customer what that that was the thing about that Mikey and I always would say we're not IKEA we're not what you see at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever you want to know why ours is better than theirs mm-hmm. and you have to educate them. Cause we use three quarter ply quality materials. 
We use quality hinges, drawer slides. You know, and I always say this, we would talk to them like that or teach them. And they were like, oh, they don't care if it was half inch melamine. They just saw the drawer fronts and door fronts. Yeah, you know, I'm regularly shocked when I go into houses, you know, million plus houses, and I always open cabinet doors or like they're putting the kitchen cabinets in. I haven't put the countertops in. And, you know, you always check it out and you're like, I guess that is fine. You'll see things and you're like, I guess you can do that. It doesn't really make a difference. And, you know, you were talking about window seats. I was in a house not too long ago and it was way, it was probably a two, $3 million house. And on the window seats, when I raised the lid, they they basically used the wall as the back of the cabinet and they yep. pretty much just made a pocket screwed face frame yep. set up for the front yep. and put a pretty front on there with a hinge top. There's absolutely almost nothing to this, but it looked great. It looked fine yep. and it does the job and it was strong. And yeah. I was like, you know, it, I think to really look for quality, not quality. If you look for like a production builder, the people that they have doing their trim, they all show you a good way of doing something that works, but it's not overbuilt. Yes. That's, you know, yeah. The, the customer doesn't know. Right. It's like this, this window seat I'm looking to do. You know, I went online uh, on YouTube and I saw other makers, um, how they were doing it. And I'm like, a lot of it is exactly what you just said. Pocket screwed in or two by four frames. Mm -hmm. with a solid top that they can lift mm -hmm. up and a uh, chair and square on the front. Mm -hmm. You know, and what just I like, what I like about that is that, you know, if you think about where we're talking about overbuilding, if you were building a three quarter cabinet and say it was like the two forty fives going into an inset. Yep. It's a lot of work to figure out where you're building that. If the wall's out any, you're going to have to inset it like a half inch all the way around all of that. There's a lot to that. So when you open that lid and you see just a frame that was built on the wall, you're like, wow, they made that so much easier on themselves over versus building a cabinet. Yes. You just set in place. Yep. And like you said, most, most homeowners, they get more space that way. They see it as great idea, you know? So I, it's just a nice reminder. That that's where I'm waffling back and forth on this. Do I do a simple frame like that and do a simple front? Cause the only thing Marianne wants is a hinged lid that she could put cushions on that she could put her puzzles and games in. And it's a window seat. Do I overbuild it and um, template it loft it on my shop floor, build three separate or four separate cabinets then I build a top, and guess what? You just nailed it. She's going to have a lot less space in there a for storage space. because it's, I have three to four cabinets in there. Yeah, it's a significant amount. Like percentage-wise, I wouldn't be surprised if the, she lost 5 or 6% of the space inside of there. So it's, you're hel yeah. you're helping me a lot make a decision. I think I just may do it like you said in that $3 million home. Yeah, I mean, and also it's, it's in reach of more people also uh -huh. if you do a video about it. It's in reach of people with basic, you know, a pocket hole jig and some things they could actually get away. You could even screw that together. That's what I'm so, doing. I think I'm yeah. just thinking about it, just screwing it into the studs. Yeah. And it's going to look great. I mean, it's all about the front panel on the lid. That's what people see, you know? Yep. And if it, she doesn't want drawers underneath, nope. I would absolutely build a frame. The only thing that I would consider is if she wants to store puzzles and stuff in there, I would maybe construct it in a way to where when you opened up the lid, there was a tray that dropped in 
maybe a deep tray or whatever. So it's not oh. like just seeing down to the ground. Oh, no, no. What I'm... Put her stuff in the trays. No, I'm going to do a toe kick because people's heels yeah. are going to be down there. I'll build a toe kick with a uh, with a base on it. And then I'll just bring my um, plywood down. And right then I'll the do then, and then I'll do square on there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I'll just do some um Wayne's coating chair and square. Do you have a do you have any um HVAC vents coming up there? None. I have only a one electrical on the back wall. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be easily accessed for her Christmas lights. Right. So. See, that's another advantage of not putting the cabin in there because that outlet will be easy to access. Yep. That's yep. And you can even put one of those desk little thick little caps where she can run the cord straight down without opening the lid. You know, it's Ooh, good it's got, idea. Yeah. Uh, pop up outlet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pop up outlet or just one of those things that you turn so, like you see on a desk. But so this weekend, I'm just going to go get some uh, hinged lid. Um, they got some really cool ones at Rockler, and I'm going to start messing with those. So I'll get that. Yeah. But see, it just, I was overbuilding it. Mm-hmm. I because... I've used the Rockler ones uh, on Leo's toy chest, and they're really nice. Yeah, the silver heavy ones, heavy duty ones, anti tor or torsion dinges. Yeah. 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 Hey, PSA on that. Did you happen to hear the? I just heard like two twins, two twin little boys. The mom couldn't find them anywhere in the house, and they decided to get in their wooden toy box and take oh. a nap. And they said that there's not enough oxygen in a wooden box, and they just went to sleep. So she found them both just gone because they were in the wooden box. And I thought, you know, that's something I didn't know. I wasn't aware of that. So it's something to be aware of. If you have like, you know, a wooden box that when it's shut, it's not airtight, but it's close. They said that the oxygen level is not high enough. You know, the little for boys, two people the little boys were lost. The little boys, it was in their room. They got it. They, they got died. Out of their bed. Yes. They got out of their bed and they got into the wooden oh. box. And they, you know, you can, that's something you do as a kid. You're like, oh, we're having a camp out. Shut the lid. They both went to sleep and they said they didn't have enough oxygen. She found both of her twin boys. Like both of them were in the box. I saw it this week and I thought, you know what? The only thing I can do is let's let all of our listeners know that's something you need to be aware of. You know, that's a danger. So that's. Well, now I want to pull the damn toy box I built for Leo out of his damn room. It, you know, and it Man. is a reality. I mean, Kelly's mom has, my wife's mom always has told me the story of her brother who was two years younger that they looked all over once everywhere, couldn't find him. And he was asleep in his little Tykes football toy chest. That's plastic. So you can imagine if wood and they think it's hilarious, you know, which it was funny. I mean, they looked all over the farm and everything, but I never thought that was a danger. You don't hear about that. No one talks mm-hmm. about that. So just, just so everybody's aware. I mean, if you have a toy box, it's almost like good to have some type of error air hole or something in there so if they do happen to for some reason go to sleep in there or something it was just an awful story sometimes you wish you didn't see a news headline but yeah wow. that was a that was awful God, but man yeah but um on that note for the hint the i've used the rocker ones before and they have like a heavy duty one and they have a normal one don't even yeah. waste your time with the normal one that's not strong enough you want it to definitely oh. be heavy enough because those lids are heavy yeah well, Sedge, yeah, next I, time you come over, we'll go. Uh, we can go upstairs and take a look at it, and I'll show you the ones that I got. I'm not getting in Leo's toy box with you. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'll fit. No. <laughs> Jeez, my brother, a... my brother used to try to lock me in the ones at home. 
Yeah, I was exactly. a kid. Uh, something else said just make sure you know what you're using before you start constructing it because oh, yeah. that that can affect you know how that works i remember i had to add a lip to one the last time i did it oh, i had boy. a little three inch lip behind the hinge because yep. it needed to be in just the right place to make yep. it work right yep no that's what i want to experiment with i'm going to prototype quite a few of them just to make sure i have that lip right so the mm -hmm. whole thing lifts up and i have yeah. clearance yeah. Because my I got my uh, my casing right there. I got three windows that are cased right there. Yeah, I usually I end up bumping I, it out about yeah. four inches. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, about four inches gives you plenty of room to have whatever you need back behind there. But yeah, and then you uh, got to calculate your overhang or whatever. And yeah, yeah, and it's just gonna be the yeah, yeah. And I gotta just see how I want to continue my base over through the toe kick and everything. So I want that flush. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're going to leave a four inch uh, offset on the back side, you could actually think about extending that outlet and actually putting it in that, that little area behind where the lid would hinge up. Mm -hmm. Then you would never have to worry about, I mean, you could drill a hole and like have a cord go yeah, through there, but, but it would just, all you'd have to do is just run. The only time I'm going to the only time I'm ever going to need that Christmas is Christmas. And that's mm -hmm. a simple hole for her lights if she puts lights. So well, I'll tell you what, when when you do that, I'll come over and I'm going to sit in that spot every time and be like, man, if only there was a plug here that I could plug I my phone oh, charger into. Oh, yeah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be cushions on there, so you won't ever see it. <laughs> well, over so that's a good example of of overbuilding for that. I think that this is, everybody struggles with this, and I... I think this is an interesting topic for us because what do you what do we all deal with since we're all on social media? And that is this idea that we're not building something strong enough because we get the comments all the time. And the most common one that I get is any uh on the this is the one that comes to my mind immediately, the cabinet video that I did where I do use no glue, narrow crown staples, screws. I can't tell you how many times I had people say like, that's not strong enough or yeah, wait till you put 80 pounds worth of plates and stuff in there or wait, you're not going to have the sheer strength and you don't, Fucking it's like, what are you people doing? Mm -hmm. What are you people doing that this is not so, strong enough? So just a note on that, that's somebody who hasn't built for a living. Okay, it's a lot different when you are building this for yourself at home or a friend. But uh, Sedge, we lost your audio. You said built for a friend. Built for a friend. He'll. It's the same thing that always happens. He'll yeah. hop back out and hop back in, buddy. Yeah, he um he was talking about when he built it for a friend. Um, you know. Cameron just found out the um, recently the you know how you hear about the glue joint is stronger than the actual wood and you kind of don't really believe it and yeah. he has a cutting board he made for the brewery buyer shop they've been using it for years weighs a, it's a huge ingrain walnut cutting board it probably weighs like twenty five pounds somebody in the kitchen dropped it and it yeah, cracked it, it broke almost like a shark bit out of it. But Cameron actually looked at it and noticed, he goes, dad, did you notice that there's not anywhere there's a glue joint? It did not break on a glue joint. It broke in the center of the squares of the ingrain. 
and right. you know we glued it back together again but it's it was interesting to see that that there was not anywhere where the glue joint broke it was the glue it was the grain of the wood that broke so it's a lot of people don't trust that and they would think oh it needs additional fasteners they don't trust the glue but the glue is strong yeah can you hear me now yep. yeah your your um, video is okay. better too okay i know what i was uh, what i've been doing it's my fault i touch my mic and there's some touch screens on my mic. Yes, there is. Oh, that makes yes. sense. Yep. Okay. And then all of a sudden I looked, as you said, hey, leave the meeting and come back on. And I looked and, and it was I saw muted. It, had, it was muted. Uh, you know, your video is better when you came back. It's better than yeah, it's been perfect. the whole time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was saying about overbuilding, and it's different if you're building for yourself and a friend, but it's a hell of a lot different. When you are building for customers and you have deadlines, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter what Jason, what you said about, about crown staples and screws. That's how every pro I've ever been in every single shop works. It holds loads. They build professionally. They build beautiful cabinets for mega million dollar homes. And that's exactly how they build a cabinet. Right. There's plenty of sheer strength in there. They're not calculating that you have additional cabinets banging up against it. It's the overall load of that wall of cabinets that is what is needed. There will never be a failure in that. Right. It's somebody who just doesn't know. It's probably, and there's also the other thing that I've gotten in arguments with my business partner. He said, oh, we got to finish the side of the cabinet. I go, for who? There's another cabinet going right. up against it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm that like, would be an example. On. That would be an example <laughs> of when I see like a really high-end house that delivered and you see the cabinets, you're always checking them out. You see, oh, they didn't paint the sides. And it's like, well, I guess they didn't need to. But I would think going into the house, you need to paint the sides too. But they know where they're going. <laughs> they're never going to be seen. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's a perfect that's example overkill yeah and 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 i see that and i'm like it's like people who say oh you have to veneer the underside of the cabinet or edge band those uh sides because people will see the plywood from underneath and i always would go like this watch <laughs> you ever go like this in somebody's kitchen i swear to god and you're in the uppers and you look up underneath <laughs> nobody finishes the underneath yeah. Yeah. Even in these high, high, high end houses, yeah, that's ludicrous. But the people who do it for their houses and their friends think you they have do. to do that. That's yeah. a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. Right. And I'm not it's like, like what is enough? Yeah. And, and for that reason, when I used to do a lot more built ins and I used to always wish that the homeowners wasn't even home. While I was installing it because exactly. I would rather them see the end product then see all of the pieces come in. It's just not as impressive when you watch it go in in pieces. No. You know, well, it's, cover, it, cover it up. Yes. Yes. So I, I feel like everything that we're talking about, it reminds me of when I uh, was really, really new to woodworking. And the less that I knew, the more I thought I had to overbuild. As we're now, I understand that I probably don't need to do all that stuff. However, I still ponder and think in my head and probably overcomplicate a process a lot because I've learned how to do things more ways. 
So then I feel like it's a fight to figure out like, how am I going to go about doing this versus do I really need this? And a really good example of that is like a tabletop. You know, I've had so many people, it's a, it's a flat panel. That's all it is. It's a flat panel. Typically they're going to be at what an inch thick to two inches thick, right? Depending on how big, well, you're not going to use dominoes for that. For like, and, and they're asking for strength. They're not asking for alignment. Right. They're saying you're not going to use dominoes or the, the, the argument of, you know, biscuits. I got this on the, the conference tables when I was talking about my stories, you're not worried about strength or anything using the biscuits versus the domino. It's like, no, the, I'm not, I'm not using biscuits or a domino in a tabletop for strength. I'm using it for alignment. It has nothing to do with strength at all. You know, that nothing, I, you know, that my great grandma used to always say that there's not an antique table with a domino in it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's, it's long grain to long grain adhesion, which is crazy, it's, which is crazy strong. Mm -hmm. So you guys have seen um, those uh, conference tables that I built with Norm and Tommy and Jim up in uh, Festool, right? Those yeah. American sycamores. Okay. So when we were building those, I straight line ripped them with Tommy and Norm and I uh, were getting ready for glue up. And uh, Jim came over to me and goes, you guys not going to put dominoes in there? And, Norm pulled me aside. He goes, and they call me Curly. He goes, Curly, think we should put some in there? I go, no, it's long grain to long grain adhesion. He goes, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Let's just get this thing together. We had those glued up in that first morning. And the, and I said to Norm, I go, now, if we were going to get up there and dance, brother, then we probably need a little more sheer strength than there was some dominoes. But these are conference tables. They will never, ever, ever come apart. And what's really neat is we just cut with Shaper. We cut those uh, Doug Market pop-ups in there. And everybody's freaking out on them. But they were looking at those pieces that we cut out. And they go, man, is that a strong glue line drawing? They go, how many dominoes did you put in there? And I went, none. None. Yeah. And they go, yeah, how old are these not, It's like, not needed. It's not, it's not needed. Even now, if you, you were know, to park a car on top of that conference table, the dominoes are not needed. Yeah. It's going to snap. Exactly. Not to mention you also have a base underneath it. That's the other thing that people yeah. always forget. There's a base Where's underneath it. Mm -hmm. Where's the load? Where's That's the load? Example of overbuilding. You know, it, there's yes. some people would build a table and put 80 dominoes in it. Yep. Oh, I did when I first got the domino. I feel yeah. like that's a common thing that everybody does. Oh, I've done right? it before too. I I did it with the damn um slat wall. Lamello. When I yeah. the lamello, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna use this. I did five tenso connectors for a, a 60 inch span. That's fucking ludicrous. Those things, I, like, I'm like, I wasted my time doing that. So when I when I cut the slats, like, I'm not cutting five in the slats. I'm gonna cut three, one at the top, bottom, and middle. And that's even too much. But I did the same thing when I got a domino. <laughs> I was like, every that six just inches. sounded funny. F and ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. I'm like, plunge away. Everything needs a domino, right? You know, the first walnut countertop I made with a domino, I still remember to this day. I just put it in tight setting and I went to town crazy. All of them tight. All of them. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. And I go to put it together and I was like, what's wrong? And what's wrong? And I ended up taking a lot of the dominoes out because I couldn't get them to line up because they were all in tight. And that's when I learned about that setting. 
that was that was a long time ago. We didn't have we didn't have these videos to tell us how to use things. Right. <laughs> All these influencers. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, Gosh, I how long have I had the domino? I've had it for fourteen years. Oh, fourteen years. Yeah, uh, it came out. It came out in the U.S. April first, two thousand seven. Okay, I That's had one right. March. I had mine March, March first, two thousand seven. So I'm two thousand nine. And I came to work at Festool May fifteenth of two thousand seven. Man, I was only in the army for four years at that point. Wow. Well, you know what? That's the tool. That's I was like twenty three years old. That's the closest tool that I've ever almost regretted, like expensive tool that I was like, eh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And Sedge saved me. I told him, I saw him somewhere. Operator he, was like, he goes, how are you liking that domino? I was like, Sedge, I don't like it. I was like, I don't mm -hmm. trust it. He's like, well, what are you doing when you use it? And he showed, and I, he said, grab the power cord. You're pushing too hard and everything. Cause I, I used it on one project and it just didn't line up and I could not figure it out. I was like, this is not the way it's supposed to, this is not what the brochure said. <laughs> Right. And, and I was just, I didn't trust it. So I would do a project and I'd use pocket screws. I'd go with all my old methods and it would just sit there. Like I didn't use it for like a year over a year because I just didn't trust it. And then when I learned that, that's when I started learning to trust it. And you know, it, it just comes back to that, you know, use some tool, a lot of tools. If you don't know how to use them, they're only as good as the operator. They're not like magical all the way down to chainsaws. If you don't know how to use it, it's not that great. Well, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because that's another topic that we have to discuss. And that is good tools don't make you good. Yes. We should do that next week. Yes. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I, oh, I, I don't want to touch this mic again, <laughs> but I'm going to, oh God, I get giddy when I use new tools at Festool. That is just an improvement over something. And I'm, I get giddy every time I use that new TSV60. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I used it this weekend for those bevels. And I thought my ATF55 back in 2003 was the shit. Oh, my God. Is that 20 years later? Yeah. And I'm on like my fourth or fifth generation of updates on that track. So on this new one is Oh, I mean, Jason, you were there this weekend with me, and the cut coming off of that was crazy. Wow. I'm just so I'm so impressed with it, and I'm like, and what I'm getting at is, you could do this with other saws and your techniques, but you're going to have some tear out. This has no tear out. So I agree the, about the craftsman does not the the tool doesn't make the craftsman, but God. Damn it, sometimes that tool is awesome. Right. You know, come on, come on. I mean, I can mortar some tenon, I can hand cut, and I think everybody should do some hand cut stuff. But Wait, God, well, you know, I, God, what, what, that domino, what do you mean? that domino makes it easy. What do you mean hand cut? Do you mean like using my hands to plunge the domino? No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the domino doesn't just do it on its own. Like I have to use my hands. So yeah, yeah. I just totally, wait on that one. Just wait till twenty. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. That was yeah. good. You know, <laughs> oh my god. You know what? It's really good. I was like, "What's he thought that I got it?" <laughs> on, on your comparison of that, I know. I am a little slow. <laughs> 
you know how some people get obsessed with like certain things like uh people with road bikes like the pedal kind of road bikes they start getting into carbon fiber and all these kind of things and someone told me once they were like you know it's kind of funny you know a lance armstrong type person they can see the benefit in changing out and eliminating one small little bit of an ounce yes. but if you're yes. not if you're not to your top potential, you don't need to do that. Work on your skills first. And what you just said, you could be like the best in your cra in a cabinet shop and you can do it. You're the guy that has the less tear out because you know every technique that you can possibly do. What can make you better is having a saw with the slicer blade in the front. And then all of a sudden you're even better. So it's like it, once you get to the point where you can't get any better, that's when the tool hopefully can make you better than where you were. That's and. Uh it's also saving you time because yes. you, I could do that. Yes. But that saw does it for me. And it saves me about, it. oh my God, 10, 20 steps. And oh yeah. my God, it's, it's crazy. Right. Um, and I think about it's just the like the, do it's the domino. I, yeah. I think every, like I said, everybody should use a, a chisel and a handsaw <laughs> mm -hmm. to hand cut some mortise and tenons. Is that made by Festool saw stop? But the lay no stop it. But but the layout, the layout's crazy. And and I could even take it a step further. I mean, mortise and tenon with a shaper origin. Holy crap! Yeah, is that outrageous? Isn't it? That's a you hand tool. Yeah, yes, it is. You have to. It, I mean, it, it is. Hands. And, yeah. and it's a thumb tool too. Yes, red. It has red. And green technology to it, yes. Yeah. On it, yes. I guess. I guess if you were colorblind, you'd be screwed. So. Yes. <laughs> that that is. It's just kind of neat to see in how tools are evolving. Oh yeah. It, it really is, and I'm like, I I get excited. I mean, I'm. I did. Uh, hopefully, nobody from Festools list. Ah, the people who are patrons know I do this anyhow. Um, I was at Von Tobel doing a demo day and man, that was so much fun. Uh, last Wednesday, in fact, it was, we just had, it was uh, September 6th and we did our, uh, it was our launch day and it was funny cause it was toward the end of the day. I was done. I, I worked 10 to two. I actually, I was there till about four and somebody came up to me and, uh, he had just bought the new sustainer saw and I was standing over by their shaper origin, uh, or their shaper, uh, demo area. And he goes, is that complicated? And I went, you got a second? So I went to uh, Nathan and I said, hey, plug that in for me. And he plugged it in. And I was doing a demo with the Shaper Origin. Nice. And, and he said, I'm not into computers. I go, you think I am? I go, you could do everything. You could decide, hey, you want to cut a six-inch circle, right? He goes, yeah. I go, what do you do? Grab a template. You bring it down. Boom. Put on something. You don't need templates anymore. Watch. And I went, he goes, it's that easy? And I go, yes. You can't screw it up. You follow a line. If you go outside the corrective circle, it aborts automatically. He goes, what? He goes, that's crazy. I go, hello, it's woodworking voodoo, dude. Mm -hmm. And here I am. I spent 15 minutes going over and he goes, yeah, I think that's my next tool. Yeah, I can but, I can see it now, Sedge. Next year at JLC, you're gonna switch with John Armenia for a couple of hours and let him work the festival stuff while you work the Shaper stuff. Dude, I just secured on Instagram Shaper Sedge. Oh, nice. I'm just kidding. I just kidding. <laughs> I said that once at Armenia. Said no way, dude. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but 
but it's good to get excited about new stuff, you know, because you're, of course, you always want, you always want to constantly learn. We've talked about this a hundred times on the podcast. Don't right. be afraid. Just be open-minded right. and say, Hey, that's a pretty, uh, but we see it all the time. No, I'm used to doing it this way. Okay. Keep doing it that way. Yeah. And I, I struggle with that. Like I get in my groove where I use, and then I'll get something new that I'm like, yeah, I want to start using that soon, but then I'll be on it time crunch and i'm like yep. i know i can do it this way i'm not even getting that tool out because i don't feel proficient with it and sometimes i'll go for a long time and you get it out you take the time to do it and you're like why didn't i have this on that last project why didn't i use mm -hmm. this i do that yep. regularly um it's important to I, I think a lot of times you think about the purchase price of a tool but you don't think about what also comes with that is you need to get familiar with it and be efficient yes. with it and feel yes. comfortable with it when you have that expensive walnut plywood or you have that if not, you're not going to use that tool. Yep. That's and a really good sure. point. That's a really good point because I have lots of tools in my shop that will sit for a long period of time because I don't, it's like I'm behind on a project that the Lamello is an absolutely wonderful example of that. There's so many things that I could have used Lamello on and really become familiar with the Lamello, but I didn't because when it came time to do it, I just wanted to get the project done and I didn't want to waste the time figuring it out. And until this project where I told myself, I'm going to make sure that I figure it out because I want to see what this thing is all about. And it totally changed my opinion on the tool. Yeah. I originally was like, I'm going to sell this because I don't think this is for me. Now, there is no way in hell I would get rid of that thing. And it's nice you were able to use it on a project for yourself. I mean, it's so hard when you're using it for a client job. You just don't want to risk that affecting your job, you know? <laughs> So it's almost like when you get a tool, do one for yourself first. Such, why are you laughing so much? What did I say because that was so funny? He's thinking about all <laughs> fucking ludicrous. <laughs> so how many? So you got that out? You got really proficient with those lattices, didn't you? He's like, those are weep holes. How You've many? How many? How many of those did you put in there? Pan over so we can see it. Pan over so we can Hold see on. it. <laughs> <laughs> those, there's going to be a oh hurricane there's going to oh be a, a, a tornado is going to come through indiana that's going to be the only oh thing oh my god still standing they'll be like this slat wall is still standing right i don't think this. that's i don't think that's overbuilt <laughs> well it's funny because like when i looked at other people i i see like how many that they use but like they're for like long long distances and again this is 60 inches and I just set it out. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, every eight to 10 inches or so, I'll just do some. And then as I started to do more with it on the rest of the project, I was like, dude, I do not need that many. There's 25 slats that are going on that thing. So 25 times five, that's 125 slots that I cut. Wow. <laughs> so these slats. And I'm not, I'm obviously not going to use those. I could probably get away with just doing two the second and the fourth one. And that would probably be more than enough for what I, what I need. Mm -hmm. I even, I wrote Keith cause Keith is a, he's a, a vendor for, for them. He's who I bought my Lamello through Keith uh, Johnson, KJ sawdust. And I was like, Hey dude, I need a whole box of Tenso connectors. I'm like, tell me what, what that's going to cost me. And I got it. And then I was like, I probably didn't need all these. <laughs> so I'm good on Tenso connectors for like the next five years. Oh, oh my God. You know, I know another example of not overbuilding that I would have not thought was okay that Cameron and I saw yesterday. I picked up a package at the UPS store 
And I noticed all of their furniture, like their wall, were these slats in MDF. Keep in mind, this is MDF. And what do you call that? Is it a chamfer? What's the bit that's shaped like a triangle? Comes out of a router bit shaped like a triangle? Chamfer gets bit? Wider. Yeah, chamfer bit. Yeah, I was thinking of chamfer bit. Basically took a chamfer bit on a CNC and just made a square grid pattern. So, and then that allowed them to have their hanging, all their fixtures, whatever they want to hang, shelves or whatever, goes into that little, you know, chamfer. And Cameron and I are standing in line, we're looking at it, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I thought, that's not very strong, though. That would just blow out if you put something strong. But guess what? It's in the whole store, and it works. But I would have thought, nah, it's not good enough. But it, it works for what they need it for. And that was a really easy way of having a wall hanging system. It's actually really smart. They had the same MDF pattern on the outside as their furniture. And it just, it's very simple, and it works. Just put, it all had, it was front, they had all these clips with L's on them. They just go in there and hang on. So it's another example of not overbuilding. Yeah. I, I feel like that's probably something else that people, uh, that's an oversight with people is what is it, what is it going to be used for? And this happens a lot with finishing. What's it you right? Yeah. Like why need to use a bulletproof finish? And it's like, uh, it's like a shelf that's going to have like a tiny little plant and a picture on it. And they're like, I need to use like a, you know, 2k conversion varnish or whatever, you know? And it's like, do you, like you could use, you know, shellac and be totally fine, right? It would cost you like almost nothing. Um, like what is what is it going to be used for? What's the purpose of it, right? The understanding like we, requirements. Yeah. Would you want to build a, a hand tool workbench with pocket holes and, uh, you know, so, like no, you wouldn't, right? Like that's where like mortise and tenon joinery and you know heavy solid something like that is probably going to be beneficial because you don't want it to move and you want it to be sturdy and you want it to rock and you don't want it to be all these things. But, you know, if you're just building oh. a, if you're building that, you know what, that's actually a problem that I have is I, I feel like I can't build anything quick and easy because I look at it and say, is this the way that I would build it if I was making it for somebody? And a really good example of that is Nicole wants uh, to she wants to build something for a friend. Very simple project. We literally could do it in a few hours, probably cheap materials. But when I run through my head, how I would go about doing that, even though I can see how simple it is, I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't want these to be visible and I wouldn't want that to be visible. And so I start going through my head and like, now I'm overbuilding it. Yep. The utility of it is still going to be the same. Is it going to be as pretty? Well, no, but I... I have a hard time letting myself get away from that. Like I'm not going to build this and give it to somebody and it has nail holes and shit in it. Like mm -hmm. why would I do that? Yep. Let's overbuild it. Let's get, let's get the domino out, you know, <laughs> like, you know, make uh, all this wonderful joinery and super strong. One I'm struggling with right now is, you know, on the boats on the deck, like the prettiest part where they usually have the mahogany and like Holly strips of wood going on the yep. decking, the bow of the yep. boat. Deacon that's, Holly. that's my favorite way that they look but the general way most of them are built are with spaces like quarter inch spaces and they fill it they actually even call it caulk use yeah, black or white caulk it's called and, sis sis 440 yes it's and, a special caulking yeah, yeah and, and cameron and i are sitting there looking at that and he's like dad i don't want to do that i want to do alternate wood because what jason just said we know that looks good and we know we can do it we can pull that off it's a lot of work and that's gonna be a lot of but then i started thinking i'm like okay this is what the boating industry does that allows for expansion and contraction that allows yeah. it 
is that so I'm going down that rabbit hole right now. Am I trying to overbuild that or should I do what the industry does? And so that's that's an example of where sometimes you're overbuilding and you're actually causing a problem that you right. wouldn't have had if you didn't do the quote overbuild. Yeah. So that's traditional that, is teak is teak and holly. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Teak and holly. And yeah. And the reason they it's not expansion to, holly's really tough to work with. Yeah, it's, it's, gives it's you a cost. Color. It's cost. It's cost effectiveness, right? So, yeah. uh, Teak Decking Systems out of Tampa makes a product that everybody uses called SIS four forty, and yes, they sell it as the expansion and contraction. It's really easy to work with, and refits and actually to chase that out. That I have friends who do that for a living down in Fort Lauderdale and Savannah, mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to chase out. They have special saws that chase it out. And then they redo that and it's a refit and it looks a lot better. Holly. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. something that's just sanded down and it's a uh, teak lasts a lot longer than the Holly. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to it, but it, I'll tell you what teak and Holly is yeah. freaking beautiful, dude. Yeah. The, the one it, I like, this. it's so, Oh my God, it's beautiful. Uh, Chris Craft was all teak, teak and Holly. Teak and Holly on those center panels and the outside border doing mahogany. That looks amazing. That looks amazing. But yeah, that's, it's an example of sometimes I think sometimes due to inexperience and that would be me on this uh, inexperience, I'm overbuilding something that may not be as good in result because go with what the industry does, you know, and that's what we see. Sometimes you would be overbuilding kitchen cabinets. You go to the, where that when a, a big kitchen cabinet manufacturer is delivering and you see what they do, you're like, well, I guess that is okay. I guess I could do that. I guess that is a way to do it, but it just doesn't seem acceptable us seeing all the building methods we're always exposed to. Right. And, and don't, uh, and don't think that that, uh, um, uh, that caulking is a cheaper way of doing it because I've seen 30, $40 million yachts with it. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, I'll- I watched that's what a, they're that's what they're all using now. I watched a video. It was at least 45 minutes long of a team, a team of probably 40 people that came in on this yacht and they tented the top of it, put a tent up like a temporary tent. Mm-hmm. And they worked as a team to pull all of the wood up. I mean, this is one I would run from. They were scraping wood that was glued onto like a fiberglass floor. They oh, removed yeah. it all. That was a massive job. Then they came back in and templated it did the entire teak, all the design, the outboarder, everything. And then they came back and caulked it after that, that it, I can't imagine what they charge for that job. I cannot even imagine because it's not one I would ever tackle, but it was beautiful when they were finished. It was all teak with the caulk mm-hmm. in it. And, and this being in that in, all this, all this talk about cock is really getting me excited. <laughs> and being in that industry and working with people in that industry, uh, the owners of a yacht like that wouldn't even consider the price. You know what they would consider? When How can fast? you have a, yeah, yeah. we can have it done. Yeah. Well, they did it. They hit it hard. It was a team of like 30 people. They showed time lapse of it and it was wow. Even the stairs going down, everything was a border, had a border and they had an inset. It was just amazing to I would love to watch their whole process on that. But it was, yeah, man. It was cool. But that's what they were using in the center. Yeah. That's what they were using. Good stuff. Well, that was a good that was a good topic. Wow. Unlike Boy. Unlike anything you would ever, ever hear on Off the Cut the podcast, cut. available yeah. on Spotify and all other <laughs> podcast streaming platforms. Um, 
but yeah, they would never, I mean, they just don't know. <laughs> let's just, let's be real. They're, they just know nothing about they're on the, they're in grocery all seven. Yeah. They, 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 they should be instead of off the cut, it should be like from the grocery store podcast or some ridiculous shit. Yeah. Since all they ever talk or, about is food off the wedge. Yeah. Today. They, I think they talked about fruit roll-ups on the last episode. I don't yeah. off the wedge. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised they're, they're, they're children. It's what they are. Children. Oh my God. But, oh, I did want to mention before we wrap this up, I wanted to mention the 29th, if I remember correctly, is yes. Bourbon with the Boys. Yes. This month, for the month of September is Bourbon with the Boys. Our next Beers with the Boys, which is open to all patrons, will be in October. Woo! Once a, once a quarter. Once a quarter. Beers with the Boys open to everybody. But the 29th, mark your calendars, everybody. I know I haven't sent out an invite yet, but I will as it gets closer. <laughs> We had quite a so, few people on with bourbon with the boys, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Time. It's going to be yeah. fun. Yes. 29th. Well, boys, good talk. Yeah, man. You know what? I, you know what I get to go do now? Get to go entertain Leo. He's been a good boy awesome. since we picked him up from school, though. So that's good. Let, let's hope that he continues hey. on. But I just drank. I just drank my last beer, so I'm screwed for the rest of the night. Oh, Uh-oh. I had to set out because I wanted to show it to you. Cameron made this for Madison's door. Oh, nice. <laughs> the guest bedroom. Nice. So when she comes back from college, she's got a professionally made guest bedroom label on her door. <laughs> Thought that was great. That's solid. <laughs> yes. It's funny as heck. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Talk to you when I talk to you. So, ooh, ooh. Sounds good. Sounds yes. mysterious. Ooh, sounds mysterious. Oh, one more thing before we leave. Do not listen or support Off the Cut Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thanks. Okay, everybody. Good night. Later. Bye.